0: This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly, real real New York seventy seven WABC. Hello. So I guess
1: uh, it falls to me, huh? I'm the one who's got to do it. No one else. No one else is gonna. Uh, no one else is gonna go there. No one else is, oh, Eric Adams, he has said that he does not like crime. <gasps> oh, how refreshing. How beautiful. Isn't that amazing? <gasps> oh, he supports the police. How amazing is that? Oh, he's so amazing. Um, we got a problem on our hands. Uh, he's a big dummy. What's worse is he doesn't know he's dumb. Uh, now he's full of hubris. He thinks he actually accomplished something by getting three votes in 10, uh, one day in June. Democrat primary. And and then through the magic of ranked choice voting, he's the next mayor. And boy, oh boy, talk about a guy high on his supply, walking around like, uh, oh, he is all that. Well, I'm sorry. He's saying some things and he's doing some things and it's awfully weird. Now, first off, he's only made two appointments, significant appointments, since he, um, became the mayor elect. All right. Now, he's got like 500 to fill. This is not impressive. This is not a good start. This is, uh, this is weak. This is somebody who's not much of a manager. This is, uh, troubling, 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 troubling. Now, he announced his new police commissioner the other day. Uh, Her name is Kishant Sewell, 49 years old. Uh, We uh, wish her luck. Of course so. Of course we do, right? But maybe uh, she wouldn't need as much luck if she had the credentials for the job. Uh, She doesn't. She doesn't. I'm not going to tiptoe around this. I'm not going to tiptoe around Eric Adams not having the credentials or the intellect to have the job. Let's get a sense of all of this. Cut uh, 52, please.
2: This is an amazing uh, moment. Uh, Quantum physics talks about when you acknowledge the existence of something, it becomes apparent to you. And we have had so much talent in plain sight. But the reality is...
1: Do you hear all the background noise on that? sounds like it's in the middle of a cocktail party. Do you hear that? Because that's what I heard. Can you figure out how to turn off the cocktail party, please, if you don't mind? Because it was a pretty – I saw the press. Let me try this one. Cut 53. Try that.
2: New police commissioner not only brings a diverse set of experiences to this moment, but as I say over and over again, when I sat down and looked over the videos, interviewed her – she exudes what it means to be emotionally intelligent, calm, collected, confident. She said to me, when I say, why do you want to join this department? She said, my entire public safety career, I was looking for a mayor like you. Yeah. But guess what? Your mayorship was looking for a police commissioner like me.
1: I think he meant she exudes confidence, not exhumes confidence. Uh, that would mean something very different. Um, what else there? Did he call it a mayoral ship? I thought it was a mayoralty. Maybe. I don't know. He's going to be the mayor. If he, guess he can call it whatever he wants. Let's, let's see what she's all about here. Uh, cut 55.
3: I want to thank my family and friends and pointedly the extraordinary men and women of the Nassau Pointed. County Police Department who I have been fortunate enough to to be inspired by, taught by, and served with for close to 25 years. You are exceptional, and I am forever grateful. In this city, in this moment, I have come full circle, and it is with a humble heart and clear eyes about the task and challenges ahead that I accept the position of New York City Police yeah. Commission.
1: She talks a good game, kind of. Um, they talked on and on about how she broke this glass ceiling and that glass ceiling and beat out all those white men. You know how we feel about white men. Ugh. There's no cachet, no prestige right now being a white man. No, you are part of the problem. Right up after write-up. The New York Times, I wanted to find out more about the incoming police commissioner. You know, where she went to college, why she joined the Nassau County Police Department, is she married, any of that stuff. None of that stuff. They used to have a big story, a feature after someone made a big splash in the news. You know, you get a big job like police commissioner. They would call it man in the news or woman in the news, a biographical piece. So I I see today's equivalent. It's by three reporters. And all they seem to do is sit through that press conference and, and make a phone call to some guy they knew and said, what do you think about her? Is she married? Does she have children? Did she go to college? Why, where did she go to college? I mean, just some of this stuff. But no, 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 no. I'm part of the problem, right? Because uh, you're not supposed to talk about that because that makes you a, ooh, might even be a racist, huh? That's the corrupt, warped culture we live in right now. We think that somebody taking over an organization that has 54,000 people in it. Might have to have some pretty extensive leadership experience, executive experience, and not just got her biggest job in law enforcement three months ago. Eric Adams,
2: cut 54. And I know some would say, well, uh, how many years has she carried out the job? Right. Nassau is a smaller department. Uh Safest city in America. That she helped make safe. NASA's People not are a going city. to try to compare her to others. People are going to state what it is to define who's successful and not. People are going to say if they were the police commissioner, they, if they were the mayor, they would do something else. People are going to question what we're doing and how we're doing it. All that's fine. But there's the only thing you need to understand. I'm the mayor. <laughs> and as a mayor, I chose Who I know is going to bring our city back and create an environment where we're going to raise healthy children and families. I'm so proud this day to tear down barriers. This amazing... Law enforcement professional. She carried with her throughout her career a sledgehammer. And she crushed every glass ceiling that was put in her way. And today, she has crashed and destroyed the final one we need in New York City. We have a strong, powerful new police commissioner. She sued.
1: Do you really care what gender or color the police commissioner is? Or quite frankly, who anybody is? I don't. I really don't. But this is all they talked about, because that's all they have to talk about. Eric Adams, big ways and small. He was actually very disrespectful to women. He said, women have always been on the sidelines, on the bench until now. Oh, yeah? Was Moira Smith on the bench on September eleventh, two 2001? What the hell is he talking about? This is another virtue signal. This is a guy who lived in New Jersey, but the political press corps was afraid to talk about that. They picked on the Asian guy, sure, but not the black guy. Huh. They call this the bigotry of soft expectations. Don't expect too much. I think we should expect the world from everybody. Standards. Standards. Hey, I have nothing against her they offered me the job, I'd probably take it. But I don't think this is going to end well for New York, for the Adams administration. Cut
3: 56. I sincerely believe that policing, with its courage and perfect public safety mandate, is a noble and vital profession. It is said that the NYPD is the best of the best. We're about to get even better. (laughs) Damn, girl! As Mayor-elect Adams has said, I will have the backs of my officers, but they must have the backs of the public. I will hold our officers accountable, and I know you will do the same for me. Mr. Mayor-elect, I am humbled and honored by the trust you have placed in me. My shoes are laced up. I'm ready to get to work. (laughs)
1: Slogans, sounds good. Pep talk. Managing a big big city police department by the NYPD. Uh, you can't get by on that kind of stuff. You can You can try. I guess the media is going to help him, cover up for him. Hell, de Blasio still walking around saying this city is safe. And they let him get away with that because he's a leftist. And this guy's got even more cover because he's a black leftist. Now, that doesn't mean anything to me, but it means something to them. It means hands off. It means hands off. What is that? That's the bigotry of low expectations. And it's uh, it's pretty sad. All right, what else is going on? I am not mad at uh, Alec Baldwin. No, not Alec. Well, yes, I am mad at Alec Baldwin. Oh, they're going after Mr. Big. Uh, from Sex and the City. All right, give me a quick break. I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on seventy-seven WABC.
1: Zero people have died from Omicron. You got to remember that zero people. The hype is off the charts. You know, we used to call it. There's a bug going around. You know, you'd say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." That's going. Something's going around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe's out sick. Yeah, there's something going around. I'm not feeling that well. Something's going around now. It is a pandemic in overdrive. Mass mandates, stay at home orders, all that stuff looks like it's coming back. The mass mandates are already here. Uh, Local state politicians salivating, federal bureaucrats salivating to exert power once again. And But nobody's died of Omicron. They kind of leave that out, don't they? And kids, young people, especially people who are in shape, a Navy SEAL who's 19 years old, much greater chance of dying, say, from an enlarged heart. What's that called again? Myoendocrinitis, micronitis, something like that. An enlarged heart. That can happen. That is a possible result of the vaccine. Now, look, I got the vaccine. I weighed the risks. I saw the benefits, whatever. I did it. That was my decision. No one else's. I don't like the idea of it being forced. And here's something else. Oh, we caught Joe in a major, major moment of hypocrisy. So every time we reach a milestone in COVID deaths, and they want to make everything a milestone, you know, 25,000, 50,000, 75,000, then we went to 100,000. Again, they never point out to you that most of these folks are much older with pre-existing conditions. But anyway... There's a milestone at 100,000. Joe Biden put out a very solemn statement. And they criticized Donald Trump for not saying anything about this occasion. This happened last year. And again, on 200,000, Biden would put out a special video, 300,000, 400,000. He held a a big vigil at the Lincoln Memorial. This is before he was actually sworn in, in early January, uh, mid-January. They had like a million can. No, I think they had like 400,000 candles at the Lincoln Memorial to signify one for each death lost. How beautiful, right? And they did the same thing at 500,000. A bigger ceremony at the White House. Again, the candles. 500,000 of them. 600,000. Now Joe's in power. Now Joe actually starts to treat it a little bit differently. They put out a statement, maybe a maybe a Twitter video, and Joe says, "We can never grow numb to the loss we've suffered." Hmm. All right. Yesterday we hit eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. What did Joe do? He's gonna he, he gets the question about this. I'm gonna give it away. He laughs because I'm not sure if you can hear him laugh, but he has a big smile and he just blows off the reporter. This is the guy who said we must. Be wary of ever growing numb to the loss. Cut twenty-five.
3: President Biden on eight hundred thousand coronavirus deaths. Um, if you have a statement on your responsibility, why haven't you uh, asked China to do more to be transparent on the origins?
4: <laughs> he
1: breaks a great big fat smile. A great big fat smile raises his hand and waves the guy off. At 400,000, they had a bloody funeral at the Lincoln Memorial. At 500,000, they had a wake at the White House. 800,000? <laughs> you silly fool. And by the way, they also asked him about China. What are you going to say about China? <laughs> Why would I say anything? And then he blasts uh, Mark Meadows about the text messages or the uh, who knows what he's mad at now. Um, the Mark Meadows thing is totally overblown. Here's Trump on China. You want to hear somebody? You want to see some leadership? <laughs> when they asked Trump about China's role in all of this, cut 26.
4: It was China's fault. And China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that.
1: Hey, we hear about uh, Russia uh, collusion and intrusion. Who do you think China wanted to win the last election when you, when, you, when, you, when you compare the two, huh? And why does Joe continually brag about how close he is to the leader of China? You know, they gave, they gave Trump a hard time for just saying that he got along with Putin. But what the hell is this? Cut
4: 27. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we get out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. i probably spent more time with Xi Jinping, I'm told, than any world leader has because I, I had 24, 25 hours of private meetings with him when I was vice president, traveled 17,000 miles with him, and know him pretty well. I've spent more time with President Xi of China than any world leader has for 24 hours of private meetings with him. I've spoken and spent more time with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. I've had hours and hours and hours of meetings and personal conversations with Xi Jinping. I spent more time with him, I believe, than any other world
5: leader has.
1: Now, we don't care. Americans don't care about that. That's weird, empty boasting. We're not the target audience of that. That's for China leadership telegraphing. Look, I'm close to the boss. You can do business with me. You can do business with Hunter, where that is. In with the boss. It's weird. It's also corrupt. You can read about it in Miranda Devine's new book, which we all have a duty to go out and buy. Don't borrow it, buy it. It's called Laptop from Hell by Miranda Devine, all about the Hunter Biden laptop, the Biden family corruption. It exists. The fake news doesn't want you to read it. You should. I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
1: Uh, what the heck? 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. I uh, I unfortunately <laughs> hung up inadvertently on all 17 callers who were on the line a moment ago. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll wait for somebody to call. Uh, 800-848-WABC. Oh, we got one. Uh, George in Orange County, New York.
6: Hello. Greg, how are you, sir? Fine. Happy holidays. So, uh, as I said to the screener, I says your organization owns a backhanded compliment to the two all news stations in New York. Because by them pumping these press conferences that the governor and the mayor had for hours and hours, they added to your ratings. Because there was no alternative unless you wanted to listen to these two alleged human beings. So you owe them a thank you. It was a holiday gift early. Wait, What? No, if you were if you're a radio listener in Metro New York, ten ten and eight eighty were doing every day you're listening to the press conference of Cuomo and De Blasio. And they weren't doing traffic reports, news reports. These men were on for hours on end. People turned to your station and boosted your ratings tremendously, I'm sure.
1: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So uh... the
6: other thing is Nobody identifies a a wonderful human being whom I'm sure your father's familiar with. John Miller is quite the political operative in the New York City Police Department, and uh, no information has been given whether or not he is going to stay on in his post. Did you say he's a fine human being? I'm using political license.
1: All right. Look, I don't know John Miller very well. I I don't at all. I met him once. Uh, I liked him when he was on Channel 4, and before that he was on Channel 5. Uh, I, I do find it odd that he takes on this job, deputy commissioner for, I think it's counterterrorism, and he made a big splash eight years ago when he took the job, and then you never hear about him again, and you never see him, and he's always responding to. Uh... I hear he's a bit of a police buff. I mean, let's face it, he's not a real cop, and yet he. You we know
6: where I'm going, sir. Thank you. Yeah. So uh... I see him at the press conferences. And he's, you know, he's like there, but he's not there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a weird little sinecure he's uh, negotiated for himself. He just kind of comes and goes as he pleases, it's, it seems like. But look, I don't work at the police department. I don't know. Maybe he's brilliant behind the scenes and working uh, his ass off, but I don't see it myself. Hey, George, thank you very much. John in uh, Bohemia. Yeah, hi. I was wondering if you heard about the latest Project Veritas uh, story. What are you so excited about? Jeez, dude, uh, they caught another CNN producer trying to procure underage kids. I don't think that's a project. Check it out. Hold on, that's not a Project Veritas. That's a uh, that's, that's 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 the FBI. His name is John no, Griffin, and they arrested the guy in Connecticut. This is another guy. Another this guy. Is another guy. They got two in one week. Well, Project Veritas caught him, or the FBI. What's what happened? No, who is it? Project Veritas. They won't release the guy's name because the the identity of the children they want to protect. But
7: this this producer at CNN, prime time producer, had uh, a relationship with this prostitute for the last ten years, and was sending her text messages about how he wanted to have sex with his fiance's daughter, who was thirteen years old, and she's got pictures like. Uh, child pornography pictures that he sent her. She went she went to Veritas when the police wouldn't help her. You got you got to check out Project
1: Veritas. This Sometimes I look I like Project Veritas to a point. Every now and then they'll say, "Oh, we've got this huge exclusive story and we have a producer, we have a CNN insiders telling us it's all rigged." And then they talk to the guy literally who uh you know, sweeps the floor. I mean, I'm sorry, they don't they often don't b- deliver the goods. They sometimes overpromise and underdeliver. But John, I will take a look, Project Veritas. I admire the spirit over there. Oh, it's time! It's time for another break. Uh, okay. This is Greg Kelly on seventy-seven WABC.
0: Hey, who remembers the Cannibal Cop? Remember
1: the Cannibal Cop a couple of years ago? The headlines: he was uh, going to eat people. Gil Gilberto Valle or Valle, V-A-L-L-E. I've heard it pronounced two ways. Valle, I think, is how it goes. And um, I actually think, believe it or not, he got a bit of a
6: raw deal.
1: Uh, uh, let's see here. He is a former police officer with the New York City Police Department who was convicted of conspiracy to kidnap based on his communications in online fetish chat rooms. Valle was arrested after his wife discovered conversations with other users in which he made detailed plans to abduct, torture, rape, kill, and cannibalize real women in his life, uh, including her. The case drew widespread attention for its unusual nature. Valle was dubbed the Cannibal Cop uh for adjudicating the legal issues of whether describing criminal activity constitutes criminal intent. Well, he was uh, arrested by the FBI, and uh, he faced a maximum of life in prison. Judge district overturned his, his. Nobody talks about this. It was all overturned. The conviction on the conspiracy charge the most serious was overturned. He said the evidence supported Valle's contention that he was engaged in only fantasy role play. Valle had at this point served twenty one months in prison. The lesser conviction regarding the database remained standing. Oh yeah, he was looking up he was looking up people on the police computer. You know, just kind of you're not supposed to do that unless it's for a law enforcement issue. Uh, the United States Court of Appeals, Second Circuit, ruled on December 3rd, 2015, regarding the two questions. It's interesting, though. And that other guy made me think about that because they said Project Veritas has nailed this producer for uh, similar type stuff. Um, but there is such a thing as um, doing and thinking. And Valle was thinking and talking, but he didn't do anything. And that's why, if you're scrolling around Tinder, you might see uh, the cannibal cop. He's, uh, he's uh, a couple of years ago, I saw an article about him that he's single, ready to mingle. Anyway, very strange dude, but it probably should not have been front page news. He never had any intent to do much of anything. That's at least what the judge said. Uh, David in Queens, yes, sir.
8: Yeah. Hey, you always say that you know Eric Adams, and uh, you say he's a he's a dummy, and yes, you say and yes, you say, and you say you know the guy. I just wanted you to clarify: like, how do you know the guy, and why do you think
2: he's a dummy? Like,
1: well, here, number one, here he is being a dummy. Uh, cut fifty-two, please.
2: We never acknowledge the existence of crisis management teams and what Kay Bain, and Tony Herbert, and others are doing. We never acknowledge the diversification of our city councils like they should be, like our new city council elect, Julie Wan, who's here. We never acknowledge the existence of the failures that have taken place. And if you don't acknowledge it, you begin to normalize it and you begin to expect so little. And we never acknowledge the ability of real leadership within the rank and file of law enforcement and those who happen to be women but were able to provide and do the job. So there's your
1: answer right there, okay?
2: I mean, it's just
1: platitudes and nonsense, okay? We never acknowledge diversity. That's all anybody talks about right now. Yeah. Never acknowledge failures. As to knowing the guy, everybody who's been in New York for any period of time has crossed paths with Eric Adams. I sense that you like the guy, David. Uh, good no, luck with that. I do not. Actually. You don't? All right. So that's my sense yes. of him. And, um, you know, I he also, just look at his resume. He does not have the administrative background for such a big job. He got in through a fluke. The New York City system is designed for flukes like this okay three votes in ten one day in June and he's gonna be your mayor I don't think that's right I don't think we ended up saying it Ranked choice voting give me a freaking break anyway there's the music uh what do you what do you want to say finally David
8: yeah no do you think he's better than uh than
1: Bill I think he's more overtly corrupt than uh, than De Blasio tried to hide it all right. This guy announced on Stephen Colbert that he wanted to smoke a doobie with him backstage. At least de Blasio did it on his porch alone with Charlene at
0: night. This is Greg Kelly on 77 W.A.B.C. Uh,
1: why did I start watching Sex in the City back in the late 90s? Why did I start watching Sex in the City? And I basically kept up with the show. Why would I do that? A Marine. Well, I did it because girls like the show and I like talking to girls and it was something that I had in common with the girls. I could talk about it and I really, by the way, you could impress them. Guys, you got to figure out what they like and then talk about it. Know about it. It helps Uh if if you're single and your intentions are honorable, of course. So uh I knew all about Sex and the City. I actually went to the movies. I'm not saying I particularly enjoyed it, but I kind of got into it and, um, Yeah, Lydia just mentioned that Chris Noth is in – they're accusing him of something from 16 years ago and seven years ago. It doesn't seem – they say they came forward because they were traumatized by seeing him on uh, television again uh, because of the Sex and the City reboot that came out last Friday. Well, the guy's on television every single day. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, have you ever seen Law and Order? You ever go around the dial and see that stuff? He's on, he's on a 50,000 episodes of that stuff. He's on, he's everywhere all the time. But now they come forward. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the, regarding the character, I gotta say this, and you know what happens, all right? Quick spoiler if you're really watching the show, and I don't think you are because, well, and you, if you do, you probably would know this by now. So, ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Big, dies in episode one of the reboot, but it's the strangest thing in the world. He's on his exercise bike and he has a heart attack. And then for some reason, he goes to the shower, uh, I guess to take a shower. Yeah. Then he has the heart attack. So he's kind of in the water and he's, he's there and he's alone. Carrie is out at a recital uh, for Charlotte's daughter. She comes back an hour later. He's still alive, but barely and she comes into the room, and she sees him, and she stands there for two minutes just staring at the guy. And she and he's staring at her. He can't speak. Help me. Call the cops. <laughs> Call an ambulance is what he wants to say, but he can't say it because he's having a heart attack. She stares at him for two minutes. What the hell is up with that? And then she goes over to him in the shower and hugs him. Doesn't get the phone doesn't call anybody very strange very strange you know she had her phone for 20 years glued to it and now suddenly she wants to have a quiet moment with her dying but might live husband if the paramedics get there in time it's just kind of it's really weird and this is supposed to be poignant Anybody who's watching this is like, what is wrong with this woman? Why doesn't she call the cops? The guy's dying. Maybe, maybe she wants him to die? Discovering her, st- what was her state of mind? Did she think, now I own all the big stuff? Big is rich. He owns the apartment. He owns the Hamptons house. He's got the portfolio. She, uh, what does she bring to the table? A bunch of shoes that she bought with his money. And by the way, something happens here as well. Big dies. They have a funeral for him. I would call it a secular funeral. You know, nothing about God, nothing about the afterlife, nothing about much of anything at all. It's all about Big's earthly accomplishments. But what did he really accomplish? He made money, and he pursued physical pleasure. Pretty much that's it. So what happened at that funeral? They played some dumb song he liked, and they showed pictures of him when he was 17. He pursued stuff and physical pleasure and very little else. And believe me when I say this, it's it's a reminder to me, and maybe maybe it could help you, but this was a reminder, should be, to all of us. Well, you're not going to watch a show, but take my word for it. And you already know this, but... I find it helpful to be reminded that this life is temporary. And the mission, the significance, the peace that we seek is not available from designer shoes or a fancy house or apartment. Big had all that stuff, and he had nothing. It's not available through stuff, the peace, the significance, the mission It's available through God, and we get to know him through the Bible, not through HBO Max, which I will be canceling as soon as this season is over. Okay? So, rest in peace, big Chris Noth. I will say this. These allegations seem a bit more serious than some of the others you've read about. Uh, A bit more serious. But the delay is also significant new york city covid positivity rate has doubled in three days i have seen that people are getting sick all over the place but then they're getting over it no one's dying it's like is it like the flu can we start saying that again i mean the omicron variant no one has died from it no one has died from it i see i see doctors on all the channels right now they really want to make this thing permanent don't they They really want to keep it going, I believe, for political benefit, manipulation. I saw that on incredible display yesterday. Joe Biden, 800,000 COVID deaths. What do you have to say with that? He laughs and walks away. This is a guy who held a ridiculous, over-the-top funeral, essentially 500,000 candles at the White House shortly after he became president. He really looked like a mortician and the way he would talk about death, it kind of reminded me of a of a mortician a little bit, a little bit. Um, As they as they beat the drum over January 6th and try to make you feel guilty for having any concerns about the fairness of the November election. You know, now they're coming after Trump supporters in addition to Trump. The nonsense about the Russia hoax, nobody could understand that, but we did have the sense that it wasn't true. Nobody really could understand the impeachment saga over the Ukraine phone call, but we had the sense that it wasn't true, that they were making something out of nothing. January 6th is a bit more easily understood. We could see a riot. We could understand a riot. They're trying to say that... Trump started it, that even people like me had a hand in it, even though uh, that's an absolute lie, actually, an absolute lie, because what I wanted on January 6th was a debate about the validity of the uh, of the election. And under the Constitution, under the law, you can have that. It's called the Electoral Count Act of 1887. And Democrats invoke it. Just about every single election, don't they? Did you know this? They do. Where is my, uh, do I got Jamie Raskin? Yes, I do. This is 2017, right after Hillary Clinton lost. But one congressman from Maryland, a Democrat named Jamie Raskin, who would later help lead the impeachment effort against President Trump, here he is objecting to the counting of the electoral votes is this unconstitutional i didn't like it but he was perfectly within his rights it failed miserably
5: by the way cut 48 Uh, i have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by florida were cast by electors not
4: lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? Is in writing, Mr. President? Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yes, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained.
1: Wow, huh? Wow. Well, that was lawful. Everything you just heard was lawful. But this is what Liz Cheney said when our side prepared to do the same thing. That was in January of 2017. They were counting the electoral votes. That's what they were poised to do. Jamie Raskin had his concerns. He was a member of the House of Representatives. To advance those concerns to a debate, he needed a United States senator to sign on. He didn't have one. Now, could that be what just happened, what Liz Cheney describes here? Liz Cheney. Oh, boy. Cut 47. Liz Cheney.
3: Did Donald Trump through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes.
1: Ooh, corruptly seek. You don't have to, you can just seek it. And he was seeking it. They're trying to say it's corrupt. It's not. Jamie Raskin tried to do that. Jamie Raskin, the head impeachment guy, tried to do the same thing. And by the way, when we did it, we did it more successfully. We got closer because there were House members and U.S. senators prepared to stand up. And they did in writing, signed by a House
4: member and a senator. Cut 49. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport, purpose does the gentleman from Arizona write? I write up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is.
1: So are they guilty of a crime? No, they're not. They did the same thing that Raskin was trying to do, delay the counting of the electoral votes so we could talk about it. And that's one of the reasons why I was frustrated by the scene outside the Capitol and inside the Capitol on January 6th, because it was disrupting what I wanted to happen, the very lawful discussion about electoral concerns that we had, okay? And that's okay. That is okay. Meanwhile, why did they totally lose their minds on January 6th? I'm talking about the media, totally hyping it totally going crazy all right now i was watching tv as well and i saw a bunch of people standing around outside the capitol i'm like wow that's unusual but the venom the venom that these uh these fake news announcers had when they saw that listen to this uh cut 33
5: Riders who came into the capitol who's on tape who's on social media they need to be identified, they need to be prosecuted. Uh,
6: the the perfect tone, Nicole, is we're going to hold every single one of these people accountable, and we're going to try and keep America safe. Stop. And we're going to make sure that people...
1: Now do cut 34,
5: please. Watching an attempted sedition. We are watching, watching an attempt at a bloodless coup in the United States. Trump supporters stopping the constitutional process, the counting of electors. Cut 35, please.
3: Taking over, storming the Capitol—it it, 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 it is it's anarchy. It really is anarchy, and the president has encouraged this time and time again. And they are stopping the constitutional, peaceful transfer of power.
1: Now, the put the hysterics aside. They're wrong. They're they're wrong. And I showed this on my Newsmax show last night, and they were reacting to crowds milling around. They were reacting to crowds milling around. We had not seen uh, some of the more unfortunate incidents that took place. Look, there were a lot of people there. A lot of different things happened. And yes, sorry, a lot of people were there peacefully. And people have gathered at the Capitol before to protest. All the way up the steps, all the way up to the rafters. 1932, the World War I bonus riot. Take a look. I showed the pictures last night. It looked very reminiscent of what you saw on January 6th. How about when John Kerry showed up? I think it was in 1970. John Kerry and a mob of Vietnam veterans, and it was a bit of a mob. I mean, they were, uh, uh, they opposed the war and they threw their medals back at the United States. They threw them at the Capitol building representing the United States. It was ugly, Uh, but I believe it was constitutional. You're allowed to do that. They kept acting like this was some sort of sacred building that you're not allowed to go near. That's not true. It's a public building. You're not allowed to shoot people who pose no deadly threat. I'll give you that. Like they shot Ashley Babbitt. Uh, I showed a picture last night from the big protest at the Pentagon. You had thousands of people outside the Pentagon. One guy burned himself to death on purpose. He was so upset with the Vietnam War and everything else. But you had a ring of troops around the Pentagon. Guys with guns and hats, helmets, shoulder to shoulder. No one was going to get through. Why didn't we have one of those lines around the around the Capitol? Or at least uh, on notice. Anyway... When have you ever known the media to hype and distort and blow out of proportion anything before, right? That's what they do. Your calls when I come back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
1: Bananas just might be my favorite food. They are so amazing, but there's nothing more disappointing than a banana that you think is ripe but is not actually ready yet. It looks so, sometimes they can look so perfectly yellow, but just still not be ready. They got to be a little bit bruised. They got to be a little bit brown. Sometimes when they're so pretty, you can't resist them. You think it's got to be good, and they're not. And then if you eat one of those things that's not ripe enough, you get a good old tummy ache. And I can't stand it that I just said tummy. That's what four-year-old kids call it. It's a stomach or your gut. Remember that. Uh, let's see here. N- uh, Reese in Long Island. Hello.
9: Hey, really nice to talk with you. Really like your show. I like you. I You're not very predictable. You keep me uh, entertained as well as informed. Wow. So thank you for that.
1: All right. Thanks, pal.
9: All right. uh, I I wanted to mention uh, something that we heard years ago that, you know, about uh, Rahm Emanuel saying never let a crisis go to waste. And Mm. that has been true for them. And nothing demonstrates that better than COVID falling in their lap when otherwise they had no chance. But what they've done is taken it to another level where the left has gone and created crises. But they can't call them crises like at the border, because then you can't acknowledge You've created a bad situation. So in their minds, for them, it's just collateral damage. What do you think?
1: That's an interesting insight. You're right. Uh, these are artificial crises. So you don't get credit for fixing something. Number one, they don't want to fix them. They want to pretend that they are. But you, it's, it's interesting to, to distinguish between a real crisis and an artificial crisis. And a lot of these are artificial crises. And some they're... Well, yeah, what?
9: That's something they always accuse the Republicans of doing. Remember when Trump had people approaching the border and he was saying it was a crisis. They were saying it's a manufactured crisis. Whatever they accuse you of, remember, they always are doing already.
1: It is incredible. And even on the big things and the small things, remember how they said uh, President Trump had no empathy. President Trump, uh, if only he could be a bit more empathetic. Well, number one, he was. He was the one who was so worried about suicides, alcoholism, divorce. He would say it out loud, and they'd say, he's saying it without evidence. But he was right. He's right. He doesn't have the right letter by his name. He what? He doesn't have the right letter by his name. Yeah, right. DNR, DNR. Uh, Joe Biden has Democrat immunity. That's what they call it. Reese. You know what? I always thought that that was a cool name, by the way, for a guy, Reese. What's the story there?
9: It's a derivative from a much larger, complicated name. And if I tell you what it is, uh, everybody will know who I am, and I, I, I can't afford that right now. Are you famous? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, my name is rather rare that Reese is derived from, so I, I can't give it to you because then right. everybody will
1: it's yeah. still, It's still pretty cool. Thank you, uh, Reese. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, your anonymity is uh, somewhat safe. Andrew in Stanhope. New Jersey. Sounds like a very prestigious hey. community, by the way. Where is that? What's that place <laughs> like?
8: It's in uh, the border of Morris County and Sussex County, going towards the Delaware Water uh, Gap up Route 80 past...
1: All right, never mind. you probably uh, heard of... Uh, so First what's day. on your mind? <laughs> uh, the geography, yeah, I, I know wanna, nothing over there. What?
8: Just want to say thanks for your service. My uncle did the same. He was a... You were a Marine pilot, right?
1: Yeah.
8: A Marine pilot? Yep. And... Uh, we forgive you for watching the other Marines. Forgive you for watching Sex in the City, <laughs> and saying Tommy. But uh, I wanted to ask: I'm a Martin Luther King guy like you. The content of the character who, who's the most qualified, and the new police chief or commissioner, even though she might not be the most qualified, because both the mayor and she are African American, that can make it easier for them to, you know, enact policies that crack down on crime and save people's lives black lives and everyone's and they may draw less criticism than if it was to like your father and another white male like you and your father so even though it should be based on who's the most qualified obviously but that factor can benefit you know ironically that could help the city become safer
1: no i don't think Not so that it should be that i don't way. think so i don't think so at all i think uh I've heard this argument before, um, but you have two people who are not administratively qualified for the jobs they have. And it was so recent, eight years ago, you mentioned my dad, Ray Kelly and Mike Bloomberg. You can look this up. Exit polls from the New York Times in November of 2013. The approval rating for the New York City Police Department was at 70%. My father's personal approval rating was at 75%. African-American support, Hispanic support for my father and the NYPD hovered right around 63%. Those are incredible numbers. People, (laughs) New Yorkers, we're bigger than this racial politics stuff, identity politics. We're bigger than it. We're better than it. We've kind of been there, done that. It was over. And then the national stupidity, uh, in part fueled and and assisted by Bill de Blasio, came in, talked down the police department. You can look on my Twitter. I put it this way. De Blasio pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. Now he's managed to actually break it. If you watch that press conference yesterday, I know some people were impressed. I wasn't. I wasn't. And uh, this is the part that I really was like, oh, boy, this is going to be uh, this is going to be trouble. Here's the uh, mayor elect announcing the new police commissioner cut
2: 52 We never acknowledged the existence of crisis management teams and with Kay Bain and Tony Herbert. Hey, where's the part? Where,
1: where's the part where he talks about the quantum physics? All right. Find that part. We got that, too. He talks about quantum physics in the weirdest way. Just give me a thumbs up if you got it or not. It's are, now? No. Okay. He talks about quantum physics in a way that makes no sense. And uh, she, I think she gave, well, she gave very short answers. Very, sh- that sounded good, but there's more to it than sounding good. All right. Oh, is this the one where he, listen to this. I think this is Eric Adams calling himself a hero. Uh, Cut 57, please. Cut
2: 57. We got it. Said that it was right. And that we're going to make sure it doesn't abused. happen because you know that after 20 something years, I fought against that abuse. I testified in federal court against that abuse. I spoke out against that abuse. Mm-hmm. So you, everyone should feel comfortable right now. The hero to stop the abuse chose a heroic police commissioner to make sure it doesn't happen. That's a good feeling we should have. All right. <laughs>
1: Who the hell stands up in front of people and says, I'm a hero? He hasn't even been mayor one day. I'm a hero. He testified in a case, by the way, that was thrown out. That was thrown out. (laughs) I'm telling you guys, I'm not covering for him. I'm also not going to be unfair. I'm just working with what he's given us so far, all right? It's a bunch of platitudes on top of a guy who has no administrative background for this kind of job, appointing somebody else who has no administrative background or political skill sc- for this big job. I'm not just going to pretend that everything's rosy, okay? And I'm not going to pretend like the New York City Press Corps that this guy didn't live in New Jersey for two years. <laughs> it's like – And why not? Why 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 wouldn't I say it? Well, because I think that we are entitled to the truth. I think we got to keep it real. I don't think we got to tiptoe around no matter what your color about anybody else's color. All right, you got to. I'm I'm telling you, you got you got to hear the people who talk to me sometimes after the show, not people who work here, just people in the community. It's like, are you sure you want to say that about Eric Adams? Like, yeah, why not? Well. You know, I mean, you're a white person and he's a black. I'm white and he's black. So I can't I can't criticize him. What? This is New York. Go to hell. (laughs) That's what he signed up for. What do you think, Greg in New Jersey?
5: Yeah. You're on the air. Uh, you know what? Let me tell you something. I'm a little sick of people being hired because of their ethnicity rather than their expertise. And I don't want to start singling out any kind of uh, group of people. But anytime I call anybody to do anything, to ask for any information, and it happens to be a black person I'm talking to, they don't know what they're doing. They clearly got hired because they were black, and it's disgusting. It's not right. It's not the American way.
2: Well,
1: right, yeah, look, I don't think it's. What did you say? Anytime you deal with any person of color, you get a bad experience? That's not what. Is that what well, you're saying, Greg? Come on. No, oh, no, that's
5: not what I'm saying. I'm talking about it professionally. If I call a company that uh, I need uh, some information from, it happens to be a black person on the line. Well, we don't. They don't know. Well, we don't. We, ethical, we, yeah. Well, you
1: know? uh, all right, Greg. I, it uh, seems to be a trend. I'm sorry, but uh, that's right. what
5: it, you know. That's uh, my experience. I
1: want to read something else, Greg. Uh, thank you. Thank you for calling, but um, that's not my experience. I'll tell you that. That is not my experience. It's just not. I don't think that's anybody's experience. I think he's uh, I think he's a, uh, I think he's got to ponder that one. But I will say this, that white men of a certain age, maybe he's reacting to this, have been made to uh, feel marginalized, not important. I'll go to back to this New York Times story written by three different reporters. On the new commissioner, this is the big piece. This is the profile piece. You know, first the piece comes out. Uh, he made a, an appointment, and this is the person's name, and just the bare facts. And then they do another story about how they found this person. And then they do the final story about the big profile, where they came from, who they are. And it skips everything that happened in the first 25 years of her life. Uh, she was born, and then she became chief of uh, Nassau County Detectives. Nothing really happened between the birth and then. It's all skipped over. Did she go to college? Did she not go to college? Doesn't mean she's not qualified if she didn't go to college, but that should be in the story, don't you think? Um, I noticed they made a big deal about her being born in Queens, and um, she says at one point, "I wish uh, my parents were still here so they could point out the apartment that we lived in." And then a guy gets up and asks, "How do you say your name?" For the record. Because her name is a little bit unusual. And can you tell us exactly where you lived in this neighborhood? And she said, my name is Kishant Sewell, and I am the police commissioner of New York City. Kind of with a little bit of uh, swagger, and everybody erupts in applause, but um, she didn't. Revisit the issue of where she lived in Queens. I think she was born here and then I think she went home to the hospital, home from the hospital to Valley Stream or somewhere in Nassau County. Oh, which, by the way, Eric Adams is not a city. It is a, it's not a, uh, he said it was a city. It's not a city, it's a county. Mr. Oh, here's that piece in the, in the Times here. Some guy named Paul Tana, who first met Chief Sewell through a two year leadership program he runs, at Molloy College on Long Island, said that she once led a policing demonstration for attendees alongside decorated SWAT team and canine officers, a group that Mr. Tana noted was largely older white men. Older white men. How out of touch can you get, huh? Those older white men. Ike is on the phone in Brooklyn. Yes, sir.
7: Hey, Greg, how are you, man? Finally, I get through. I just want to, you know, thank you for your show and being open and speaking about uh, the good Lord and Christ and all that good stuff. But I also want to say I want to thank, like, Trump, because he kind of opened up my eyes to the fake news and everything. You know, I used to be a full Democrat. I was so blinded, man. But when I started, like, researching Why is he saying fake news? Why is he saying, you know, wait a minute. He used to hang out with Al Al Sharpton and them back in the days, in the 90s. He used to be in the clubs, and now they're all against him. I did my own investigations, and I realized, man, we've been lied to, man. So, you know, props to Trump, and I know he's going to win again 2024 because everybody sees what's going on. And, uh... You, you know, think I he's going to win
1: sense. in 2024? I fear sometimes that they'll they'll try to steal it from him all over again.
7: I have a feeling as well, but we need to vote in person. We need to vote in person. Forget about this mail-in ballot or whatever. We have to do it in person, people. Exercise your rights. Flood the voting systems on the day of. Old school. That's how you do it.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm concerned about that, man. But look, I uh, I'm also hopeful that he comes back in a big way. I support President Trump on the policies. I also
7: like I'm his life story. I'm also planning on leaving New York because of everything that's going on. OK, yeah. Uh, I uh, want to do this forced thing on my 14 year old. No, man, I'm not doing none of that. You my mean the wife vac- is already on the verge of losing her job because of these vaccine mandates. I told a baby is time to go. I've been trying to tell her for years. We got to get out of here.
1: Wait a second. So nobody in your family wants the vaccine? And uh, absolutely they're...
7: not. I, absolutely not, Greg. I'm a I'm a I'm a copier technician. I've been going to nursing homes. I've been going to hospitals since the pandemic, in the height of the pandemic. Okay, I I wasn't sick. I mean, they said I had COVID back in November, but all I had was a slight fever for 24 hours, and I lost my t- sense of taste for about seven days, but I remember when I was a kid, I used to get sick, and I used to lose my sense of taste as well. Like, mm. come on, this I wasn't the only one.
1: Hey, man, I think it should be your choice. I can't stand these mandates. Uh, I wouldn't blame you for going uh, somewhere else. I really wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, I'm uh,
7: done, man. I'm done, yeah. you know? Hey, Ike, I'm Ike, what kind of name yeah, is Ike? Up? Ike. Well, that's just a short name, man. I give myself because people have trouble, uh, uh, you know, pronouncing my real name. So it's really easy, but, you know. Give me a try. Right. What is it? It's Isaiah.
1: Oh, Isaiah. I can handle that. Yeah. But I like Ike, too. Ike has got a, you know, Ike. I like Ike. Hey, Ike, thank yeah. you very much. Good luck. Stay in touch. Okay, pal? And is it time? It's time. I got to go. I'll be right
0: back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
1: Doesn't feel like we are the uh, the superpower of the world anymore. Remember after the decline of the Soviet Union in 1991 was it? We were the only superpower left. And that was great for a little while. And what happened was, unfortunately, for our military, for the Pentagon, if you don't have a worthy adversary, you start to drift. You start to do all kinds of other things that to pass the time. I mean, literally. So when we, uh, 80s, in the 1980s, 70s, 70s were a bit of a mess post-Vietnam, but we got back there, especially in the 80s. We had the red menace to contend with. The American military actively was planning for war in Europe, in Asia, a two-front war, a limited nuclear war. We had to be ready. It was, we couldn't screw around, okay? We had, Russia wanted to take our stuff, and they wanted to move into countries and impose communism. We had to counteract that. We had to, through strategy and tactics, we had to counteract that. When they went away, what did we have to counteract? What I'm saying is, when you don't have an adversary, you can lose your edge, And America slowly but surely started, I'm talking about the military now, started to lose its edge. Because when you don't have to worry that much about the enemy, you worry about other things. Uh, Fighting sexual harassment. Now, nobody wants sexual harassment, but you can't make that the focus, the be-all, and the end-all of a military. I was in the military and I'm telling you it was becoming a bigger and bigger issue. And they actually had some pretty good training to fight it and to educate people. But all this other crap takes away from war fighting, war fighting preparedness. And right now there's an acronym or actually better it's an abbreviation that everyone in the military is talking about obsessed with promoting training All, D-E-I, all the time, D-E-I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We want an inclusive military. Now, it already was inclusive. It already was diverse. But when you keep talking about it and you have generals like Milley who come out and say, you should find people who don't look like you and mentor them. Doesn't it sound great? I asked a guy, I don't want to say where, but he happens to be of color. And uh, (laughs) he had like 17 mentors. (laughs) I've been mentored. I've never been mentored, to be honest. I've never been mentored. It's a bit of a dog-eat-dog world out there. I have sought people out for advice, and they've given me great advice, actually. I've been lucky enough to do that. But people who are high-achieving are busy and, you know – It is dog-eat-dog. I wish it wasn't like that. But I was in the military, and there wasn't all that much mentorship. There's zero in corporate America. And by the way, I do want to say right now that people have been helpful to me and given me advice when I sought them out. Uh, And I'll say it right now. Bill O'Reilly is one of them. Oliver North is one of them. Geraldo Rivera is one of them. The great Mark Simone is one of them. Uh, you got to knock on their door though. But now we got this situation where everyone's knocking on the mentee's door. Uh, can I help you? Can I be your big brother? Can I coach you? It's, uh, it's a little much. It's a little much. And it's also artificial and it also can lead to disappointment. I'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, but back to the DEI stuff. This is the crap that, um, See, a general will do anything to avoid what you're about to hear. This was the top general in the Marine Corps at the time. It's a couple of years old, but the Marine Corps has about roughly, I don't know, 150,000, 60,000, 70,000 people, something like that. It's the size of a moderately sized city. And there was a sexual assault slash some harassment going on. Listen to Senator Kirsten Gillibrand ream the top general i mean chew him out in public and then he says something in return but it's like the guy has just been beaten and they'll do anything to avoid this so whatever pet project or whatever concern it is of the senator they'll spend all that time all their time trying to do that instead of getting ready for war all right here's kirsten gillibrand with one of the top generals of the marine corps go
3: I can tell you, your answers today are unsatisfactory. They do not go far enough. And I would like you to know what you intend to do to the commanders who are responsible for good order and discipline. All of this behavior is in violation of Article 120 and Article 34, as so stated. They are violating the code of criminal justice.
0: You know, know, you've heard it before. But we're going to have to change how we see ourselves and how we do how we treat each other—that's um, a—that's a lame answer. But, ma'am, that's all I—that's the best I can tell you right now.
1: Um, the guy was like kicked in the stomach. I mean, be, uh, just sometimes you got to say, "Settle down, Senator." It's one of many problems we got. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me like this. I—I uh, I went to boot camp for America. Did you? Kirsten, you want to yell at me? You think that's going to get results? Anyway, gets results, but half-hearted results. Just don't fall for it. I'll be right back.
0: This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, somebody just threatened my life on Twitter
1: somebody just threatened my life on twitter they said they are going to kill me and it's got a picture of a guy with a gun well i'm gonna turn this guy in you can say anything you want about me on the twitter i mean anything all right and uh i say a lot of stuff too all right i know how to trash talk but you can't threaten to shoot somebody how do i turn this guy in uh how do i turn this guy in what do i do i'm retweeting it and i'm calling it to to twitter's attention but uh Yeah, OBW, Offbeat Witch is his uh, name, and I am uh, not going to take this crap, Uh, is too much. All right, so I'll take care of that. In the meantime, uh, Bob in New Jersey. Yes, sir.
5: Hey, hey, Greg, Uh, a couple of things. First off, thank you for battling the fake news every day. And uh, also planting the uh, flag on the Ashley uh, Babbitt homicide, which was a complete abomination. So thank you for those two things, first off. Thank you. But uh, I I also would like to talk about, as Bob Grant would say, the fake phony and fraud that Eric Adams is. And you brought the residency issue. Hmm. And and I was actually surprised that it was kind of dropped as quickly as it did, because if you were an NYPD officer and the same allegation was made that You live in New Jersey, but you're using a uh, phony address in New York. There would be an intensive internal affairs investigation. And and because the evidence is preponderance of evidence, you would either be terminated or forced to resign. And the fact that it wasn't highlighted that Eric Adams just wasn't even qualified in the first place because of residency issues to run for mayor and never even become mayor to me, it, it was preposterous.
1: Uh, preposterous is a good word, and <laughs> we don't use it enough because so many things are prepos- Hey, w- real quick, though. Cops don't have to yeah. live in New York City after a certain amount of time, right? No,
5: that is absolutely not the case. And in fact, wait, wait, so I, wait, I, I wait, 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 hold on. Yeah, yeah.
1: There, are, I know there are cops who live in Rockland County. I know there are cops well, who New, in the wait, so, well,
5: excuse, wait, New York in New York. If you do not live, you have to be a resident New State. of New York, New York State, New, New York State, State. Yeah, New, yeah, York York State. Yeah. New York State. Hey, also, right. when yep. you're the Brooklyn borough president,
1: you're supposed to live in Brooklyn. <laughs> that that we know, too. Bob, thanks a lot. Good call. Uh, Brooklyn. Her name is Brooklyn or his name is Brooklyn. And he's calling from Brooklyn or she's calling from Brooklyn. Yes. Hello. Greg. Hi.
7: Hi, Greg. Hi. I have something to ask you. Do you remember the um the the female police commissioner from Seattle, Washington? Her name was Carmen Best. Uh
1: vaguely uh and yeah, she I, quit. She was upset right. at the mayor, right?
7: Right. She quit when they um defunded her police department.
1: Right. But I she, think she would have She what?
7: I think she would have been the perfect choice for New York City.
1: Mm, well, I'll, t- I'll I'll say this. At least she had experience being the boss of a big police department, unlike Absolutely. the new one who, uh, you know, handled a small division of the police department and got that job a couple of months ago and in a suburban police department. So I think Carmen Best may have been better. Yeah, Brooklyn. Absolutely. Yeah.
7: Have a great day. I love
1: you. Thank you so much, Brooklyn. All the best to you, uh, Larry, and Woodside.
9: Oh, hi, Greg. Uh, this is not a negative call. I know that you're aware of the very negative reaction that Trump got when he was in conversation with O'Reilly when he indicated that he would go kind of light on on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Yeah The crowd went wild negatively. yeah now i I would hope that you would discuss this matter and not let it just lie fallow. and I would hope that you would poll your listeners. Because this is the kind of thing that was done with letting Hillary Clinton off the off the hook yeah when he didn't go after her and it doesn't play with his audience.
1: I well, I,
9: I would hope you would check it
6: out.
1: I'm aware of it. I uh, yeah, he went easy on Hillary and they didn't give him any they didn't do him any favors did they? Uh, so he said he was reluctant to investigate Biden and Hunter. Uh, Look, he's got to get in the White House first, and then we'll figure it out. Thanks, Larry. I'll see you tonight.